All right, it's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, episode 14, Bad News Bears. Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Here we are. It is the eve of week 13 in the NFL season. Very exciting time for fantasy football players. I am Jason, as always, and across from me is Dave. He's always Dave. Uh, But yes, Jason (laughs) Evans and Dave Biggs are here uh, from Drink 5, and we are going to be talking fantasy tonight. Joined tonight uh, for the first time on the show, not the first time with the website, though, uh, is Matt Ellis. Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, it's another beautiful day to be alive. Oh, fantastic. We're got going to have a healthy dose of optimism this evening, I, I suspect, gentlemen. So before we get into the football talk, which there is very much, there's a whole lot of stuff to talk about, uh, we need to know what we're drinking. Because we just finished the Juicy Lucy from uh, Short Fuse Brewing, which is located in Schiller Park, Illinois. A uh, good place we went to on Sunday. And what's this one, Dave? Yeah, not bad. I think this is the IPA bomb, uh, also from Short Fuse in Schiller, right by Rosemont, uh, sort of bridging downtown Chicago with the west and northwest suburbs. That's right. Just outside the airport. If you ever, like, if you have a long ho- uh, holdover, or what do they call them, layover at O'Hare Airport, you can hit Short Fuse Brewing. It's probably one of the closest breweries to the airport. So, what do you guys think of the beer? I think it's a, it's got a nice hop bite. You know, compared to these West Coast IPAs I was drinking out in Cali, it's a lot smoother. They don't kill you with the hops here in the Midwest. <laughs> well, they do make hop slam out here in the Midwest. That's just in a class of its own. Let's, let's not even go there. That's true. You got it. That is a classy, classy beer. Um, so we can dive right into what went on last week in week 12. Um We'll jump off with the statistically insignificant column. Uh, it's a column I write every week that we post on Mondays. I just kind of look at a bunch of stats around the league. It may be fantasy-related. It may just be NFL-related. But it's always uh, fun to read about stats, right? I think everybody likes to read about stats if you're into something like fantasy football. Um, so, leading us off, we have eight turnovers in just three games from the mighty Dak Prescott. So... Uh, Ezekiel Elliott took some mid-season R&R about three weeks ago, and since then the Cowboys have scored, like, less than 20 points. Um, So last year, Dak Prescott was great. Um, He set the uh, rookie record and set, like, a long streak for consecutive passes without an interception. He was almost famous for how well he protected the ball. But in the last three games, he has eight turnovers, uh, five interceptions, three lost fumbles. Um, In the games with Ezekiel Elliott... Uh, Dak threw uh, 16 touchdowns and only four interceptions over the over that time. Um, so what I want to know, you guys, is is Dak really any good, uh, or does he need someone like um, does he need someone like Ezekiel Elliott with him all the time? Uh, are they wasting Des Bryant? Is Zach or I'm sorry Zeke the actual MVP of the league? Because you know. When you, when you say literally the most valuable player, clearly the most valuable player to their team right now is Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I think, you know, I hope for Cowboys fans this is this as low as Dak Prescott goes. Um, I mean, last year he still showed some raw talent, but he's just he just disintegrating. And, you know, part of me thinks it might be because, uh, you know, Zach and Zeke, they came into the, the league t- together. Dak and Zeke came in the league together. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think Zeke Elliott's Dak Prescott comfort zone. Like, you know, um, I think without Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott is confused. He looks like a lost boy wandering into a theater. Keeping it fantasy football-centric, uh, you know, Zeke's not going to be playing at least until week 16, right? So right. Uh, he can't be considered... three more weeks off. NFL-wise, he can't be considered the MVP because he's not helping the team. That's not how it works. I understand that. <laughs> I, I I understand that. Literally speaking, he would never be the MVP. But you know, figuratively speaking, he kind of is. Yeah, perhaps. I but but obviously, obviously, not going to win that award on your fantasy team or in the NFL this year. And the Dallas Cowboys, like Matt said, are kind of uh, disintegrating. They're falling into uh, 
uh, falling into it, becoming a more Cleveland Brown dish as opposed to New England Patriot dish. Wow. Well, I guess those are the opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, that's what you get out there. Yeah. Or New York Giants, perhaps, since they're just tanking the whole season now. One of the interesting things I had heard uh, listening to the score sports radio station here in Chicago this morning, they were talking to Michael Lombardi, uh, and he, he had a not many good things to say about Des Bryant. He was saying that Des is no good at learning route trees, and he only plays on the outside. They, they can't get him to play the slot, which would be a huge advantage for them. If they could put a guy of his size into the slot, then they could get all kinds of mismatches. But because he only knows the outside receiver routes, like I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing Dez struggle a lot, is that teams are able to shut him down and they have no, uh, they have no way of changing it up. You know, If he's shut down early in the game, he's going to be shut down all game. They can't make adjustments with Dez Bryant. Dak Prescott was a good quarterback last year. A lot of quarterbacks are when they come in um, for their rookie or second year when they're starting and no one has any tape on them, etc. When he's got a guy like Zeke that can open up the offense, when you have a guy like Des Bryant, when you have Jason Witten, who's one of the best tight ends of all time, now uh, his flaws are being shown, and they are a lot. And uh, I don't think that Dak Prescott is uh, a quarterback that will stand the test of time. In fact, I still think that if Tony Romo was the starter there, uh, last year, instead of Dak Prescott, they would have made the Super Bowl. Yeah, geez, we got RG3 all over again here with Dak Prescott. Well, it would have been more comparable if Deshaun Watson had uh, played the whole year, done awesomely, and then like tanked in 2018. <laughs> I don't think that uh, RG3 is that comparable because Dak isn't running all over the field. That's a little bit different. I think of a quarterback that had a great first year, you know, People were all hyped up, and then the next year he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, and RG3 didn't even have all the tools. I mean, Dak Prescott's got everybody already set up for him. So I don't know. I, I don't know if we all agree here or not. I think Dak Prescott has never been a top-tier quarterback. He just has a top-tier team, and we're starting to see some holes in the uh, foundation. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I think that's... I, 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 I would say that I wasn't on your level. I thought he was the guy that could be in that on that team for a long time. Um but hey, I, I'm the one who traded him in Dynasty, so maybe uh, I knew it deep down. I just didn't know I knew it. So moving on, uh, we had negative 0.6 yards per carry from the Bears running backs this week. They are a literal dumpster fire, as there was a dumpster fire at Soldier Field, I'm told, this week. Um, so I, I do like to kind of track when a team has absurdly bad uh, yards per carry. Uh, but this is the first time it's gone negative in a, in a game. Um, th- this is just across the running backs. It took Mitch Trubisky four carries for 12 yards to make sure they didn't finish negative. The team as a whole finished with positive six rushing yards. Good for you guys. Um, so, yeah, the Bears are bad, but really what we should be talking about is the Philadelphia Eagles. They are fantasy relevant. They are a team that is stomping through the NFL. Uh, Carson Wentz threw another three touchdowns. It's his fifth game in a row where he threw at least three touchdowns. Uh, sorry, his fifth game of the season where he threw at least three or more touchdowns. Uh, he's got the league lead in touchdowns at 28 already. The Eagles have won nine in a row. Uh, the next two weeks are huge tests for them. They play Seattle and they play the Rams. Those are both on the road. Um, <clears throat> so uh, stepping back for a second, do the, di- didn't the Bears look good a, a few weeks ago? Do you think that they're going to fire their coach? Um, do you think that that's going to make anybody at all fantasy relevant even next year? I, you got to ride the Joho train. Um, you got to think he's going to get to rock at least 20-plus times in the next few games, and you got to hope that he can make something out of those carries. I think, you know, he's he's a fantasy starter. He's top 20 in the league. Sure, forward. Jordan Howard led the had the second most yards in the league last year. He's still doing very well uh, this season. If it wasn't for, like, some breakout performances, he would probably be a top-five guy. Um. I, you got to fire the coach. Um, I'm surprised. You know, and why are you going to wait till the end of the season? You got to fire people up. You got to get people excited. You know, you got to make, you got to give the team something to play for. And the team's not playing for this guy, John Fox. If they're not playing for the guy, what's the guy doing there? Um, He's a waste of space at this point. I agree. I don't, I don't understand the reluctance of teams like the Giants or the Bears, where they essentially come out and say, we won't fire people in the middle of the season. Like, it does you no service to say, um, I'm just going to stick with the same thing that's not working, and I know that I'm going to move on from it next year. Like, you should at least look at other guys 
in the head coaching position and evaluate them that way. There's got to be at least one backup on this team, or sorry, one like coordinator on this team that is worth looking at for head coach. And if not, then you just keep moving down the line, and there's no reason to keep him. Are they, are they worried about paying two guys? I don't think that, like, that would just be the ultimate cheapskate move, right? I think hit man on the head. They don't. They don't have any coordinators. I mean, like their their offense coordinator is obviously he's not. You know, we got to think what what's this guy doing? No, there's Vic Fangio who is the defensive coordinator, who is the name that gets tossed around as the interim head coach. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's unprecedented to bring in an outside guy to be an interim coach. Uh, you certainly wouldn't want to hire your coach. I think in the middle of the year, I get that, but you know, I, you know. Get rid of him at least to fire up the you team. Certainly do fire. A if coach you're purposely in the tanking, of the year. then you know then you're losing respect on that end. And that end, um, I don't think the Bears are have it together enough to even like organize a tank either. They're just completely incompetent at this moment, and they're playing a team that is even more incompetent. Just and we'll get to them in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, they play the Niners this week. So I think the Bears are worse. <laughs> Despite the record. Interestingly enough, the Bears, the three teams that the Bears have beaten, all good playing playoff teams. They've beaten, uh, well, not good playing, the Ravens, who are technically in the playoffs. But they've also beaten the Steelers and the Panthers. Those teams are both, what, 9-2 and two and 8-3? and three? Like, I, I don't understand where it comes from. But How many defensive touchdowns did they have in those games combined? In all those games? Yeah. That's, yeah. I know there was two in the Carolina game. Um, okay, so... Do you worry, on the other side of that game, do you worry about the Eagles' tough matchups coming up? They have two really tough matchups. Are they a team that's kind of matchup-proof, or um, are, are you, I mean, is there any solid number one starter on that team even other than Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz? I mean, like, are you still starting Alshon Jeffrey every single week, or uh, LeGarrette Blunt, or, I mean, JHI now? It's kind of a tough call. Especially with a lot of tough matchups, are you worried about the performance of the Eagles' offense? I don't have any issues with the Eagles. I think uh, everything's going to go smoothly for them. They're one of the teams uh, that is most likely to make it all the way. I don't see anything changing uh, on that end. And Carson Wentz is a guy who's proved himself, unlike Dak Prescott, as a, as a guy that can uh, can move the ball regardless of the personnel on the team. If they swap the whole team out and put a whole bunch of new guys in there, he would still be back on his feet in two weeks uh, and you know know all the all the play calls and all the right moves. So I, I trust Carson. You got to have a good conductor for a symphony. The quarterback is the most important part of the team. I don't care how good the running backs are. Don't care how many wonderful veteran wide receivers you have. You got to have the quarterback. Um, comparing the Eagles and the Cowboys, who are have been, kind of been mortal enemies for a while, just like the Redskins a little bit. Uh, Wentz has it going on this year, so you got to trust the guy. Okay. Um, next stat on our list is one of the um, stat categories that um, we sort of discovered on our own that isn't something that's used very often in fantasy. Um, but when we're doing rankings and keeping everybody's stats, we realize that when you look at the points per touch of a player, it is a great indicator of how good they really are. And the guy who is currently crushing the league at running back is Alvin Kamara with 1.24 points per touch. Let me give you a little um, perspective, right? Uh so some of the best running backs who get a high volume are going to be at 0.5 points per touch. Some of the most explosive running backs, like a Darren Sproles when he's playing very well, is going to reach near 1.0 points per touch. Earlier this year, we were gushing about Chris Johnson. Uh, he was at 1.09. So Alvin Kamara's 1.24 is almost unprecedented over the course of a season. The only guy who I can think of who did better than that was one of our favorites for a while. You remember Anton Smith, Dave? course yeah so Anton Smith was absurd but he never got enough touches to really justify it Alvin Kamara has enough touches he's had almost 100 over 100 touches on the year Kamara Kamara (laughs) I deserve he deserves for me to get it right yeah you know he's earned it it's Mitch Trubisky is still Mitch well he's only a couple points he's only a couple points behind Le'Veon Bell now Uh, Uh, yes he is third overall in standard scoring is Kamara so um, the next closest player playing right now is Duke Johnson at 0.94. He's only the 17th highest in t- overall points, so it's not even a comparison. When you look at the guys who are above Kamara, Todd Gurley is 0.8. Kamara. Le'Veon, that's what I said. 
I said it right, damn it. Don't correct my correct correction. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is at 0.52 points per touch right now. He's a high-volume guy, um, but Elvin Kamara somehow more than twice Kamara, twice as efficient as the guy who's commonly accepted as the best back in the league. Um, so remember before the game this week, uh, there's all this talk about Mark Ingram's contract. If he's a first, if he's a first team All Pro, uh, unfortunately, Mark, you may not even be the best running back on your team. I disagree with that. You think that Mark Ingram is clearly a better back than Kamara? Absolutely, Kamara is a is a third down back. He's 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 wonderful at you know those passing downs, etc. He's working on his blocking. He's doing very well. But you can't replace a guy like Ingram, who all has all that experience, who's able to run between the tackles with ease. See, there are different kinds of backs. It's this thunder and lightning thing. Ingram is the guy who wears down the defense so Kamara can go out and make those plays. If you don't have an Ingram, you don't have a Kamara. Well, it's an amazing combo to watch this year. It's probably the best running back combo that I can remember since I started playing fantasy football 10 years ago. Unless we talked about, you know, off off broadcast many times, uh, it's one of those things where New Orleans had this kind of a chimera, if you will, of running backs before there were three running backs. And I think Ingram and Kamara it's, it's are... It's pronounced Kamara, Dave. <laughs> Alvin who? I think, I think the three running backs have been condensed now into these two with a good defense on New Orleans. Now you're finally seeing the team that was really hot in 2009 and perhaps uh, a team that's going to make it all the way to the big game. You really got uh, New Orleans and the Eagles that are the big ones for me. Yeah, ever since they got rid of Adrian Peterson, he is Kamara is the number one scoring uh, running back. In fact, Kamara, if the season ends right now, he's your rookie of the year, obviously. Um, and I think he's not going to keep up the torrid pace he's been on, but you know he's not going to fall off the map by any means either. And so he's he's a stud going forward. Bottom line. Yeah, if you got him, you know, good luck going forward. I think you'll have a fun time in the. Uh, playoffs, of course, and you're going to see a lot of people that are in the playoffs, that are in that Super Bowl, you know, Final Fantasy Championship, that have uh, some combination of Kamara, Ingram, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, but but he's in that like top five discussion. Keenan right Allen's now. doing a lot of good things for people lately. Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of big plays, uh, we saw a lot better play from the wide receivers and the quarterbacks this week. So 46 touchdowns to 21 interceptions across the league through the Sunday games. Um, a lot cleaner than last week. Last week was 39-31. to 31. Uh, So I think that obviously what you're going to see when that happens is bigger numbers from the wide receivers, and that's what you got. Six guys were better than 20 points this week. Julio Jones led the way in 38.8 points in standard leagues. Uh, 253 yards receiving was the highest total for any player in one game since he scored, since he had 300 yards last year. So, um, Antonio Brown, also a major beneficiary of Roethlisberger playing better. Uh, he's definitely improved, uh, and it helps that they're at home. We'll see how well they can take the game on the road next week in Cincinnati. Um, but over the last two weeks, Antonio Brown has put up 20 catches for 313 yards and five touchdowns. Um, so that's absurd. He is playing like the number one receiver that he's been for the last several years. It's so great in fantasy. Like he's like a, a warm blanket. Yeah, he's having still, Antonio Brown on your team. What are those stats again? Can you read them once more for me? Oh, of course, Dave. Twenty receptions, three hundred and thirteen yards, five touchdowns over the last two games. That's the game against Tennessee, and then this past Sunday night against the Packers. Um, so, not to be outdone, though, the Chargers have scored 82 points in the last two games. Phillip Rivers is playing awesome. He had an amazing game on Thanksgiving. Three touchdowns, no turnovers, over 430 yards passing. Uh, Keenan Allen has 331 receiving yards over the last two games, which is the uh, most over the last couple weeks. Uh, interesting, still beats Julio, even though he had 253 in just one of them. Um, so I, I think that we're shaping up to see an amazing end of the fantasy season. A lot of good big names are playing very well. And I think that you know that really excites people who play in fantasy football because it feels like uh, you're doing something right and it's not just completely random and you know how lucky did you get on the waiver wire this year? Sure, but of course, you know starting Antonio Brown is not something that you need to uh, you need to pat yourself on the back for or anything. That's true, but Antonio <laughs> Brown is a guy who is not the first overall pick really anywhere. He could be. I, I think the argument is to be made that you. He maybe the argument be. to be made is that he should be for sure, but I, I would say his ADP position this year was probably 
uh, four, which means that you know, you know, obviously you got to start them, but that's a huge deal at the very beginning of a draft. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, and then we've got uh, since weeks uh, week five, um, the the Minnesota Vikings since week five with Case Keenum are seven and zero. So. Case Keenum is the best performing player in the league whose job is constantly in jeopardy. Every week since Teddy Bridgewater has been active, uh, the question has to be said, you know, who's starting this week? Are you going to announce a starter this week? A guy who is one like this normally isn't treated to that sort of, um, you know, not inconsistent, but like he's not sure, really. Like he could wake up and find out that the coach has changed his mind. And I get the feeling that Mike Zimmer is the kind of guy that is – certainly made up his mind a while ago to just ride out Case Keenum for the rest of the year, but he has to say that he's going to think about starting Bridgewater in order to placate the fan base and stuff like that. Yeah, Bridgewater is the guy there still. He's the guy that everybody loves. They, the fans don't want Case Keenum. They want Teddy Bridgewater, but it's impossible to take out a guy who's playing so well. The the Vikings are 9-2, and two and it has almost everything to do with Case Keenum. It has nothing to do with Teddy Bridgewater. They can't change in the middle of the week. We will talk in a little bit about a different quarterback change that is granted on a team that's not playing well, but you know, we saw with the Nathan Peterman thing. Like when you change quarterbacks and your team's playing well, it's a terrible idea. Um so so I've got a question from the uh, from the chat room from Rob. He says uh, PPR league Josh Doxson or Josh Gordon or Corey Davis. And I'm assuming that that's going to be that third guy or that second guy depending on how the league works out. Um, and we'll go back to what you're talking about, but I just wanted to do a quick roundhouse. So, so what do you think? You think uh, Doxson on the Redskins, who's been kind of trending up lately, Josh Gordon, who no one has any idea how he's going to perform, but we must assume he's the best receiver out there on the Browns, or Corey Davis, who's been getting a ton of targets, but still really hasn't been putting up those fantasy points. I think the most reliable option is Josh Doxson. If you look at over the last three, four games, the, guy, the guy's gotten points. Um, you put him in there... He's probably going to get you some points. I mean, Josh Gordon, who knows what his workload's going to be in. It's hard to trust receivers on the Titans at this point. Yeah, what do you think, Jason? I concur. I think that the safest play here is going to be Josh Doxson. Um, I, I, I'm not really sold on Josh Gordon this week. It usually takes guys coming back from whatever a week or two to acclimate. They're playing the Chargers, the Browns are. The Chargers have not given up 100 yards to any receivers yet this year. Um, so I, I don't recommend Gordon this week. I like Doxson in the matchup against the Cowboys. I would go with him. So, yeah, I, I think we're all unanimous, which doesn't happen very often, Rob. But Oh, you're not going to ride the Corey Davis train? Josh Doxson is the guy to go for. Well, I've been, I've been supporting right, Doxson right. and Davis. May, yeah. And Doxson has uh, especially stepped up now that there's no Chris Thompson. You know, uh, Vernon Davis is, a lot of people think he has kind of a hurt hand they're not talking about. Certainly have no uh, tight end situation going on there right now in Washington. Uh, not to mention the fact that um, Terrell Pryor isn't even playing football anymore for the Redskins or any other team because he's out on IR. So the guy there uh, is, uh, well, the guys are Crowder and Doxon with a team that's going to throw the ball a lot like Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, I, I go with Doxon. I, I trust that Josh Gordon will get peppered with some targets, but I can't trust the Cleveland Browns ever and under any circumstances. Uh, so i got to go with Doxon. All right, well, I, I'm going to get a little more beer and we'll be back in a second. You are going to get some beer. Yes, I am. <laughs> that growler still has a lot left. All right. Well, there's a lot going on in the league lately. Um, and remember, guys, if you're listening live, ask us as many questions as you like. We love uh, kind of debating them and coming up with scenarios that we never even thought of. So, um Stopping off around the league, we'll start in Arizona. Blaine Gabbert, it looks like he's going to be starting the rest of the way, um, and he may even start next year. So, Dave, do you think he's relevant in Dynasty or, or just in two quarterback leagues for Dynasty? So, interesting question. Um, I I definitely think that, that Carson Palmer is on the outs. He already was. Now with this new injury, I think it's almost uh, 100% here that he's going to probably tie up the 
the uh, the shoes, the cleats at the end of the Go year. Go the way of a Darren McFadden. Um, it's been clear to us and to a lot of news establishments all along that it was going to be Blaine Gabbert that was able to put up points, not Drew Stanton, because Drew Stanton has never done anything in his career, uh, you know, that's that's exciting, really. But we knew that Gabbert, <laughs> Gabbert as a high draft pick, Gabbert as a guy, you know, that uh, could come into a game and make a difference, maybe. And as it's, it's a newer quarterback, you know, he hasn't been around the league that long. Uh, still, so I think that they will put him in uh, the mix, but I would not be surprised if they draft another quarterback. So to answer your question, if I have Gabbert currently on the team uh, in a super flex or a two quarterback league, going to hang on to him. Yeah. But if he's on the wire uh, or if you're in a one quarterback league, there's no reason to pick the guy up. Right. So then we have to look at the rest of this season. Uh, is it okay to start as wide receivers the rest of the way? Um, it. it it's been kind of hit or miss with the Jerron Brown or J.J. Nelson is mostly miss. Uh, with Fitzgerald, it's up and down. The first game that Gabbert played, he was 9 for 91 and a touchdown. But last week, he had 8 targets but only 3 catches and 12 yards. But that's mostly due to Jalen Ramsey. Um, so are you okay, guys, with starting Larry Fitzgerald the rest of the way still? So I'll I'll uh, go to Matt in a second. But my opinion on this is the same thing as kind of Tom Savage and DeAndre Hopkins. Usually, regardless of how good the quarterback is, that top receiving target is still going to get the majority of the targets. That's what we see with Hopkins. That's what we see with Fitz. I think it, it needs to be a guy of that caliber, though. Sure. Well, a, a WR1, not like a, a Bears wide receiver <laughs> one. Exactly. Which is only that in uh, in title and in not actually in, uh, in quality and qualifications. Yeah. But in this case, because Fitz is Fitz, uh, if they force feed him the ball, which they probably will, he's going to get some good targets. He's startable in fantasy, even if he won't be his normal Fitzgerald self as he would be with a um, a middling to uh, above average quarterback. And I will put Gabbert's play right now at kind of middling quarterback. So not a not a bad situation, I guess. Sure. And I think if you own the Cardinals wideouts, you probably got to watch the matchups because there's a lot of good wideouts. I'd start over them. It depends on your team. depends on the matchups. Um, would I say they have a week-in, week-out starter at wideout on their team? Uh, I'd hesitate to say that. Um, I, I just don't. Yeah, this week they play the Rams, so that's yeah. definitely something to consider. Um, so we have uh, Damien Williams out for a couple weeks in Miami. Uh, Kenyon Drake is kind of in charge of the backfield now. He may be backed up by Jordan Jeremy Langford I saw visited there today. Um, so that's nothing official yet. Jeremy Langford, that's so, a name we so, haven't heard in a while. So since Kenyon Drake is the only guy around, we always try to look at these teams that only have one running back. Uh, is he in the RB2 conversation? Does the matchup against Denver kind of prevent that from you know being a thing this week? Is Miami's offense just so bad that you don't want to start him anyways? Um, we'll see if Cutler or Moore is out there under center, regardless of which one it is. They they do play around with their running game. They have uh, they've got nice passes in the flats. They have some interesting plays for the runners. And I have always liked Kenyon Drake since he came into the league. My personal opinion is going to be skewed a little bit because I like him. But I will say that uh, all the things I've heard from the coaching staff of the Miami Dolphins and uh, the beat reporters on the field say that Kenyon Drake is by far the most superior running back on that team. And the only reason that they're not putting him into that position is because they're not going to win this year. So they're they're just trying to play everybody out, see what everybody has. And the whole plan uh, from the beginning was to have Kenyon kind of be that three-down back next year if it all panned out that way. So I think we're just seeing one of these situations where he's in earlier than he should be as uh, as the main guy, and Denver has a good defense. But regardless of that, think about the situation with uh, uh, Jamal Williams against the Steelers where yeah. he shouldn't have had that many points, but he did. I think we'll see that <laughs> same thing with Kenyon Drake this I week. I mean, you know, Williams had about 130 yards from scrimmage and scored two touchdowns. That's if You're, you're the not going to get that again this year from him. But if you're the only guy and they're going to give you the ball, you're going to get yards. It's just going to happen. That's true. I don't think it's coming this week, you guys, but I'll tell you what. I think a couple games coming forth, Kenyon Drake is going to put up beastly numbers. Um, if he's out there in any of your leagues, you got to roster him because he's the guy, you know, coming week 16 that you got him and you need a running back could win you a championship. Well, this so. is one of the things that I want to talk about, and, and I'm sure it comes up all the time, but now that it's week 13, most fantasy leagues have their playoffs in 14, 15, 16, or somewhere around those uh, those weeks. And it, this is the point where you should just kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit, in my opinion. You know, dump your handcuffs. 
don't keep those guys on your team. You should take guys that are flyers, guys that can win the league, guys that are, are going to come up and uh, and score you big points in those last couple matchups. This is when you're you're taking another quarterback in a one quarterback league or two defenses. If if you can you know sit, um, uh, say you have a team like Baltimore or Pittsburgh or um, or one of those guys where you have a couple good matchups, but one that isn't. It's always good to go ahead and take up another defense because you don't need that huge bench. You you are depending on your team scoring all the points. And it's either going to happen or it's not. Your backup for somebody else is not going to win you the league. It's true. So, yeah, Kenyon Drake is a guy you can stash and you can put in there because he does have some good matchups coming up. And Damian Williams doesn't look like he's going to come back anytime soon. And they, they, they do have two games against the Patriots out of the next four. And the uh, Patriots are not so good at uh, at defending those those little passes to running backs. It, yeah, it can be the case for sure. Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo got in the very end of the game on Sunday in San Francisco, promptly threw a touchdown. Uh, so the guy who's never thrown an interception in the NFL, uh, he's going to get the start on Sunday in Chicago. That was announced earlier today. Um, or maybe it's just being reported on, but he's going to start. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so Garoppolo, I believe he is an option in two quarterback leagues. Um, I think that Marquise Goodwin is now suddenly in the mix for uh, wide receiver two to three. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a boom bust guy who's super fast, right? So I would say three to four, but he's definitely a guy who could score twenty points. Yeah, might score three. Yep. So they play the Bears this week uh, in Chicago, I believe. Um, let me double check that. Yep, the Forty ers and the Bears in Chicago, uh, the game where there is a combined four wins between the two teams. So that's got to be some kind of uh, record of badness. Um, although the the 49ers were involved in one of those games earlier this year, uh, when they played the one win Giants, yeah, them and and whoever whatever and bad defeated them, whatever bad teams played the Detroit Lions when they were. I, I kind of assume the Niners are going to win this game because the <laughs> Niners have played a lot of good teams and played them close, and they have beaten a bad team. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. Uh, Aqib Tlaib and Michael Crabtree got into another fight like they did last year, tearing off Michael Crabtree's gold necklace. He, uh, he actually taped his necklace to his chest, by the way, because he knew previously that uh, that he was going to be trying to snatch. Because it shakes out, he would yeah, be messing. So Aqib like, reached in there and grabbed it. Yeah. Well, he's never been known as like the gentleman... You know, corner. No, in fact, he's known as like the chain stealer. He does that. He he literally does that to people. That's something he does. Like even people who are not Michael Crabtree. Yes, people that are not Michael Crabtree. <laughs> so Michael Crabtree shouldn't take it personally. Maybe. Look, obviously, the best way to not have your chain stolen is to not wear one. But that's not how this works. I understand. It, it works because it's a grudge match, and <laughs> it, it sucks that they both got suspensions. But they were, you know, they were both kind of asking for it. They knew that kind of thing was going to happen to them, and they went and did it anyway. But thankfully, Crabtree, even though he'll be suspended this week, uh, will be available for the Chiefs game, where he should be pretty amazing. I agree. I mean, uh, right now they've got uh, Amari Cooper injured. He has a concussion and an ankle. Is it Dave? Yeah, ankle sprain. Yeah. So. Um, it's going to be a really bizarre matchup where you know there's almost nobody on the Raiders and now the Giants. Um, and if you haven't been reading the news since the late afternoon, the Giants will be benching Eli Manning uh, in favor of none other than Geno Smith, who the New York area knows very well. Um, so they're tanking. They are. This is like the maybe this is the most obvious case of tanking all year. They're like we're going to somehow beat the Browns to the bottom. But they literally have no components left to win, so it, I don't have a problem with that as long as you know there's there's not some kind of rule that says they can't. They really should because they need some uh, some some better components on that team come next year. So I I mean I'm still excited about that team in general. You got Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. They really just need to figure out that offensive line uh, and running back situation. And heck, if they're the worst team in the league or or one of the worst teams in the league, yeah. they could draft one of the best running backs that has been coming for uh, quite a while in the 2018 rookie class. Yeah. So uh, or a quarterback. I I will uh, post a link to it, but check out the uh, rant that Mike Francesca had uh, regarding Eli Manning. It's too long to play on the podcast right now since we're running short on time. But it, it for a guy who I feel is kind of a blowhard on the radio, he had a really great message uh, and really backed up Eli Manning. Eli's been such a class act his whole career. Um, 
you know, maybe you give him knock a few points off for the whole like refusing to play for the Chargers thing, uh, but refusing to play for Dean Spanos, I can't mark someone down too far for that. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, we we now know that in New York they're going to have Geno Smith and then David Webb, uh, who they want to get some time in, uh, will be getting you know into the game. Maybe not right away. Maybe uh, if they're getting blown out. This week, maybe in a week or two, he'll be starting. But they did give Eli the opportunity. Uh, well, you know, they said that Eli could start each week in order to keep his streak up, but that he wouldn't really play. That he would be, you know, taking the first snap essentially, and then I don't know, handing the ball off, and then coming out of the game. Yeah, the words were start and not finish, and that's not something Eli wants to do. And and we understand, and we think we made the right decision. Yeah, I, you know, good for Eli to just say no, I'm. Especially because that streak is uh, is pretty amazing. It really is, yeah. And I, he, he just broke his brother's streak, so I wonder if they were just leaving him in there that long. I don't know. This benching really makes no sense to me, even though the team is so bad. Well, I didn't it's not hear, as if they're developing one of these quarterbacks. I didn't hear that rant that you were talking about, but I'm sure that it's along the same lines as what I was saying earlier, which is simply that uh, the coach that's making these decisions shouldn't even be able to make them because he's not going to be on the team next year. And Eli, who's been a franchise quarterback of the Giants forever, won Super Bowls, you know, and still is playing decently, uh, it can be argued with a team that has no wide receivers on it uh, should right. not be taken out of the quarterback position. A guy who's got probably fewer targets than Mitch Trubisky, you know, is remaining upright and you know not not the reason that his team is losing. It's just sad, yeah. And of course, uh, you know, Geno Smith going in has no fantasy value. None at all, and it probably hurts the one other fantasy player on that team. Yeah, do you think uh, you could pose a question to uh, Matt over here so that so that we can have this uh, this little uh, whiskey glass on the Matt, table? Matt, I want you to tell me your thoughts. Give me give me 30 seconds on Josh Gordon. <laughs> Josh Gordon, he's he, he's a, right. he's a really lightning rod of talent, um but the problem is just well, the guy's kind of a degenerate. He's a great athlete, but he's a degenerate. And, you know, I, I just don't know if one could be a great athlete and a degenerate at the same time. He was doing both for a couple of years. But Have you ever heard of Marshawn Lynch? Have you heard of Terrell Owens? <laughs> Have you heard of Akeem Tlaib? <laughs> I'm, well aware, I'm well aware. I mean, like, he, Josh Gordon's got to step it up. Pac-Man Jones. Josh, he's got to step it up a little bit. We can play this game for the rest of the show. <laughs> a little bit. He's got to step it up just a little bit. And, you know, he's got to get off the weed for six months. Did you year. see the documentary on uh, on Gordon? and how, heard of Lawrence Taylor. How he's kind of changing his whole life. Like, I, I have a little bit uh, of... of you know, respect and uh, admiration for the guy, and I heard all the riggedy, funny. Riggedy, you know, I heard all the all the funny stories and all the all the anecdotes and everything about um, about Gordon in the past. But I I honestly think that uh, that he may be a a good receiver still for a couple more years. And certainly, uh, you got a guy like uh, Terrell Pryor who is kind of comparable and that he has those stats and, and the athletic prowess out of this world but Josh Gordon is actually an amazing receiver that was for a couple of weeks there or that one season when he was in the best receiver to ever play the game I believe statistic wise right he has like the greatest two or three game stretch ever it might have been more than you that. get like 500 yards in three games or something like that yeah but it, it, that's when Calvin Johnson was still playing and we're like oh this guy you know he's approaching Calvin Johnson's stats and then he's like oh he's way better than Calvin Johnson's <laughs> so I, I don't know I, how, how old is he I, uh, I think means. he's like Josh 27 Gordon, uh, yeah he'll be 27 next year he's 26 still yeah so he's still young enough to do it if he does it now but if he messes up he's out of the league forever so in 2013 he led the league in receiving Right, and he what, only played fourteen games. That's what I'm talking about. It's that. It's that year. It's oh man. So if he has totally reinvented himself and thrust himself out of this state of degeneracy, I think he can um, really do some amazing things. Yeah, me, league, so, but, me too. So so here's that stretch, Dave. Uh, weeks nine, ten, and eleven, he played the Steelers and had fourteen for two thirty-seven and a touch. He played Jacksonville at ten for two sixty-one. Oh, I remember this. Two game. scores. <laughs> and then the next week, he played New England, 7 for 151 and a touch, and a carry for 34 yards. <laughs> I mean, that's... He's just one of those guys that's so much better than everyone around him that if you give him the ball in space, or even not in space, contested, he will he will do exactly what you're looking for. 649 yards in three games. So, uh, so we'll see. Um, but... 
But let's uh, let's lightning round it so we can move on to some other items here. This is a fine beer, Dave. A fine beer indeed. So remember, everyone, tonight is Tuesday night. Do not slack off on making waiver picks on your league. That would just be the worst way to end your season, to be like, oh, if I only would have made that one pick, I would have made the playoffs. Um, So uh, to that end, our good buddy Jim Hutchins will pick five players every week, uh, guys who are owned in less than 50% of Yahoo leagues, and, uh, you know, they're going to be the guys that you need to look at for picking up to make your team better. Um, so, leading it off at number five, is it really the lead-off or is it the end? I'm the not top sh- of the list at number five? I'm, I'm not sure they're in a particular order, but yes. In no particular order, we have the Los Angeles Chargers of Los Angeles. Uh, they've been a top fantasy defense over the past five weeks, and uh, they have a great matchup against the Browns. So they should play well. They played great last week and helped me win a DFS. So I'm happy with them. Uh, you got Jaquiz Rogers, only 8% owned. Now that Doug Martin is probably going to miss the game, uh, back to the beginning of the season, Rogers did okay. Um, this team is doing okay. If you're looking for someone who's at least okay, go with Jaquiz Rogers, right? <laughs> sure. Um, you got Mike Davis, who is on Seattle. He's only owned in 2% of leagues, so he's almost certainly available in your league. Uh, he looked better than the other Seahawks running backs, but that sort of happens all the time with the Seahawks, right? The guy who nobody knows plays really well for like a game, maybe two games, and then it goes back to someone else. Um, you got Marquise Goodwin, who we mentioned earlier, only owned in 15, 15% of leagues. Definitely a big boost with Jimmy Garoppolo, at quarterback. Uh, and then you got Zay Jones, who uh, is the smooth criminal, if you believe Scott Van Pelt. Um, he is playing better. Uh, is Jordan Matthews coming back? I I didn't catch that. Yes, he, he should be playing. Uh, so if you Matthews and Jones, of course, Kelvin Benjamin's going to be out still for a little bit. Um, so those guys should soak up most of the targets. Yep. Uh, a couple other pickups that I would suggest. Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, yes, he's a new name. Yes, he's sort of like exploding out of nowhere. Seal Team Rick? Wubba lubba dub dub. But he is, um, <laughs> you know, he has all of his success with Blaine Gabbert, and Gabbert's still playing. So uh, if tight end is a worry in, in your team, he is a possibility. Yeah, that's a tough one, but it's certainly someone that you could chase for, for the trend line. Sure. Uh, the Bears' defense, the Bears do play San Francisco, although now that Garoppolo is for sure starting, I, I would expect him to, if anything, protect the ball. So um, I, I didn't write that down before Garoppolo was officially starting. Uh, you got Hunter Henry and Josh McCown. McCown in a two-quarterback league. But in a two-quarterback league, I think he's a good start. Uh, and then you've also got D.D. Westbrook, who, despite low production, has had high targets, kind of like a Corey Davis where he's a rookie, uh, he didn't get to play for a bunch of the year, so they're sort of forcing the ball into him right now. I have a pick as well uh, for, oh, yes. for, for someone to grab that's owned in hardly any leagues um, that we've talked about before, but for whatever reason is not considered uh, seriously. Uh, but it definitely is a guy who before has helped to, to win leagues or at least get to that championship game. Anyone have any idea who it could be? He's a wide receiver. Um, it's not Cecil Shorts. No, I'll drink for that. Uh, so Dontrell Inman of the Chicago Bears. We talked about this before. Wide receiver one, not wide receiver one. Here's a guy who really is a WR2 or 3, but playing as the WR1 in a team that's starting to throw the ball a little bit more and branch out. Here's a guy who, against Green Bay, went 6 for 88. Detroit, 3 for 43. Philadelphia, 4 for 64. He plays San Francisco, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Cleveland in weeks 13 through 16. All good matchups for wide receivers. And I think that uh, he's going to continue to to be a good asset in a PPR league as your WR3, and he's still on the waiver wire almost everywhere. I love it. You know, the, if the Bears want the win, they got to get him in the ball. And, and they're going to target absolutely. him. Absolutely. As they as they currently are, so I mean, you you may not, you, maybe you can't expect touchdowns and over a hundred yards, but if you're looking for a guy with a good floor. I think for these next couple games, or if your guys are, are battling injury, etc., then Dontrell Inman is a is a wonderful choice in my opinion. But those are a lot of guys that you could pick up. 
Uh, I think it really depends on are you in a PPR league, or are you in a standard? Uh, who's what's your bench look like? You know, that's the most uh, important thing. Sure, sure. So what I mentioned earlier about the benches too, as you're moving into these playoff weeks, do you guys agree with my assertion that you don't have to carry a lot of those guys that you had before? Um, that you could move on to some some lotto tickets, or or do you or do you feel like you need to be very conservative still because you're you're afraid of what could happen? I don't think that carrying a handcuff is going to help you a whole lot right now. Um, so yes, I think that you're more uh, rewarded for going ahead and getting rid of you know a guy on your team who uh, you know you're not going to start. And doubling up some things like defenses where you might have one week where you're not sure about the matchup, yeah. then then go ahead and grab it now because if you don't have it now, someone's going to get it next week. Absolutely, you know, pick up your you know, and I mean, pick up your defense this week if you're like even week fourteen, pick them up right now. Yep, yep. <laughs> because you got to start them. You know, you got to take a guy who you're never going to start. You know what that guy is to you? Guy's garbage. Yes. He's- wasted space. He's worse than That's that. Right. This He's garbage. keeping you from holding on to somebody better. Could be the case. Yeah, so like the Isaiah Crowell on your team needs to go. Um, no, no, Crowell did awesome yeah, Crowell, last week. I got him in twelve team league, and I, you know, and I, I think he should starting. be doing even better going forward. Interesting, here. I've touched a nerve. Um, okay. Well, I mean, did you see what happened last week? Ninety-five yards. I mean, that's not bad. I guess it was his best game of the season in terms of yardage. Um, so, well, okay, fine. That, that's that's the wrong line to cut off on then. <laughs> well, the answer is uh, he's had 95 yards from scrimmage in three of the past four games with 5.0 yards per carry in three of those weeks. So um, I I think he's definitely still an RB2 uh, up there. But you're right. Most of the season, Crowell was a guy you didn't want to have. Now you kind of want to have him, I think. But it's certainly, uh, you sound like a, a non-Crowell owner, so I understand. Well, I actually saw him on a team, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to start him on this team. Therefore, I should look for someone else. Was was the way I was looking at that. He was really bad against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville has one of the best D's in the league. Okay, so. cut James White. Yes, is that fair? Yes, that's fair. Okay, oh God, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut, talked about don't, this. Don't hold on to Aaron Rodgers anymore. Probably we talked about this off air too, where guys like James White on New England that's tough because he could come back in Week 15 and score three touchdowns. But it's just based on the whimsy of if Deion Lewis gets of hurt. Yeah, Belichick. he's definitely. But right now it's Burkhead and Lewis, and that's it. The other guys don't matter. So those are your uh, pickups, guys. All right, your your uh, 2017 Week 13 pickups. So we got all the way to over unders, and I don't know that we came up with a bet yet. So we'll have to think of something off the air unless somebody has one that they want to present the group right now. Oh, I'll leave it up to Gramps. He's a good bet maker. Make me nervous, but he's a good bet maker, that's for sure. Um, so, uh, just to talk about the weekly over-unders from last week. Um, so we have about uh, uh, 13, 14 minutes to say now. Yeah, we don't have to rush that fast, I suppose. I was off of, my clock's off. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so, last week... Um, we had our first push uh, for a player. Samaje Perrine had 13 points, uh, and that's what we set his line at. So I guess we're good doing that, right? Samaje Perrine. Perrine. I'm not <laughs> a good pronunciator today. Hey, look, I, I have the exact same problem. I just think that if I don't if I don't continue to pronounce them correctly, then I will You're just... You're making the world a better place. I will never do it. By telling people how to say things and correcting their grammar. But yeah, 13, 13 points by the P, Ryan. So anyways, uh, we had Jim on the show last week. So between Dave, Jim, and I, uh, we had Paxton Lynch, who we set his line at 12. He came in way under that at 2.64. What a terrible performance. By uh, P, Ryan had 13 points, which is what his line was. That's a push. We all lose that because he was neither over nor under. Uh, Danny Woodhead, his line was 6, and he went under 6, only 4.5. Kind of a disappointing performance on Monday Night Football. But then again, the whole game was disappointing. It, it was a very boring game. <laughs> and he is getting passes, but, but you know, it's a standard league. He did not do well. And then Alshon Jeffrey, he's, we set his line at 14. It was a little bit high, which is why I went under. He only had 11.2. Go me. Uh, so Dave is a feast or famine kind of guy here. Uh, got none right this week, uh, but many weeks this year, you've gotten them all right. Well, I'm 
So, so you're not or all. Good for you, sir. This week I took three. Uh, Jim had two, so we don't have to go to the tiebreaker. But just in case you're curious, uh, the tiebreaker that Dave set was interceptions by NFC quarterbacks, um, which I suppose wouldn't include like Muhammad Sanu if he threw a pick. No, he's not a quarterback. Okay, well they had eleven interceptions, and he didn't throw a pick. And he didn't throw a pick. <laughs> there, there, there was no goofy picks like that, anyways. Yeah. So uh, Muhammad Sanu or. The, the total interceptions by the NFC quarterbacks, 11. Uh, it doesn't come down to a tiebreaker anyway, so it doesn't matter. But if it did, it would have been a tie. It, the tiebreaker would have been tied. That, <laughs> that, that sort of tiebreaker doesn't have enough variance in it to really be an effective tiebreaker. Um, tiebreakers are just there, man. They're like they're like croissants. But croissants are delicious. Tiebreakers <laughs> are just there. Uh, pastries at a, at a meeting, you know. Like, wee wee. Here are your pastries. Um, but yes, we, you did a nice job. Congratulations. Uh, so there's some bombers in, in your future and, and our futures as well. Well, yeah. I mean, there there's very few of these bets that the person who loses doesn't get to share in it some way. That's good. Yeah, and it's a fun way of doing it. We don't just bet 20 bucks or something. So any ideas for, for this week's bet? Jeez, you know, I haven't thought of any. Give me, give me a couple minutes. We'll, we'll make. Picks. Well, like Jason said, we'll figure something Sorry, we'll out figure off something air, and out. that's fine. Well, that's let fine. me explain this over under game that we're about to play with you. Uh, what we'll do is I'll present a player and we'll talk about him for a moment, um, and then we're going to set a line for that player. And if we all are on the same side of the line, then we'll move the line up or down accordingly until we get someone on the other side of it, mm-hmm. so that um, we can have overs and unders on the same player. Sure. Anyways, we'll start here with Alex Smith. Uh, I'll pick first, and then Dave, and then you, um, and we'll go in clockwise fashion that way. So Alex Smith has averaged 14.5 points per game over the last three weeks. He is below the QB1 line. I think you need to say that. why, too, when you when you say your bet. Yeah, yeah, when you go over under, just let us know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, he was a steady starter, Smith was throughout the first half of the season. The question is, can he bounce back and put up over 15, or is it time to send him into the waiver wire in favor of someone who's playing better? So I suppose fitting into the last conversation we just had, is Alex Smith the kind of guy who you want to get rid of? Who does he play this week? So this week the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on... I'm looking it up. Here it is. I'm almost <laughs> there, I swear. Um, where's the red on the schedule? I don't see it. All right. Chiefs, there they are. They're playing the Jets in New York at noon on Sunday. So, uh, Alex Smith, I'm going to go under 15 points for him. I just think that the Chiefs are in a free fall at the moment. I don't see them pulling it out. I, you know, maybe we see Patrick Mahone soon. Uh, I, I will, I will go over. I think that uh, you're right. The the Chiefs have not been doing well lately, and I understand that. I think uh, Alex Smith's uh, dreams and maybe nightmares have been haunted by uh, Patrick Mahomes and what that means for him and his future. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they are playing the Jets, who have uh, who have let through 20 touchdowns uh, and average uh, 222 yards per game. So uh, based on the statistics of the defense, uh, I think the Chiefs maybe they have a little success in the air. I'm going to go over, you know, you, you got a team that's in free fall like the Chiefs. They're playing a mediocre team in the Jets, and I, I think if there's one week they're going to be confident, they're going to get back on a roll. It's got to be this week, and I think if you don't see it this week, you're not going to see it, so I think you're going to see it this week over. There you go. I never thought I would see so many people, and I totally get where you guys are coming from, just like so like, no, Alex Smith is a good player. He's going to be QB1. This is him. Like, he was never that until this year. I'm not saying that. Well, I'm saying I, he has a good matchup. My, my, and... my, my point with the 15-point line is if he goes over that line, he's probably a low-end quarterback one again. Yeah, we we have Alex Smith. We know who Alex Smith is. And earlier yes. this year, he had some really good games, but that's not who he is. Okay. And uh, so I'm with you. And I think that he's he's only just trying to... Uh, to stave, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and and his uh, out of the league, you know, away as long as he can, but um, I, I think that either next year or or the year after, uh, depending on what his contract is, he he is uh, is going to be about finished with uh, quarterbacking. Yep. So this leads to a perfectly timed question from the audience. Jason would like to know: Should you start Alex Smith or? Josh McCown in this game. <laughs> uh, Alex versus Josh, right? So, 
So I, I do uh, uh, rankings, for those of you who don't know, and a lot of you, I'm sure, do, for Fantasy Pros uh, uh, through Drink 5 every week. Uh, go to fantasypros.com. You can check out all the rankings of the experts each week. I have not put mine together yet. I'm in the process of uh, developing that this week. It's a secret. Uh, but I, I do have, um, believe it or not, uh, Josh McCown above Alex Smith, and so I would go with McCown. I'd go with Jason, thanks too. you. <laughs> Who is this Jason character? You know, I- <laughs> he, he only messaged me. It's not in the chat room. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so uh, Julio Jones, feast or famine guy. We talked about it earlier. He's been like that all year. He has not put up back-to-back double-digit games all season. Seven of his 11 games this year came in at 9.1 points or less. That is a terrible floor for one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, this week he gets a tough matchup. He's playing the Vikings. Xavier Rhodes is going to be on him all game. Of course, Rhodes let up a big game to Marvin Jones, so it could turn around for Julio Jones. Um, but it would be a very bold move to sit Julio. Uh, you probably really need a win, though, and you can't deal with the low points. He's averaging 11.2 right now, um, and it's helped a lot by his stat line last week, which means Julio has not been you know, such a stud this year. Um, can you... Get 11 points from Julio Jones this week. Dave, you start. I, I love Julio Jones. I love Matt Ryan and Atlanta in general, but they haven't been good over the course of the whole year. Playing against Minnesota, which is one of the, the most vaunted defenses this year in the NFL, and uh, they haven't lost a whole lot of guys. I think that um, I think that he might have a decent game, but it, he's going to be he's going to be hard pressed to put up over 11. So I'm going to go under. What uh, what scoring are you guys talking Standard about? Standard scoring, which means six points for a touchdown, uh, one point for each 10 yards receiving. There are no uh, points per reception or anything like that. To get 11 points. It's tough, right? Yeah. Now, if he scores a touchdown, he more than likely does it. So you're basically saying touchdown or no touchdown, Julio. I'm going to take the over here. I, I just think coming off the game, he had, he had a game of his career last week, and... Falcons are finally hitting their stride. I'd expect more of the same this week, regardless of the opponent. So are you going to go over? Over. And Dave is over, correct? No, I said under. You did say under. But he's not paying attention, so. (laughs) No, it's your turn, sir. Under, over, and yourself. I'm staying under. I'm not sold on the consistency yet of the Atlanta Falcons. They really like going to the other wide receivers right now. Mohamed Sanu yeah, I agree with is you. a guy who I would almost go over 11. Look, if Julio has Julio. the opportunity, they're going to throw him the ball. But those opportunities are few and far between, especially with those really elite cornerbacks. They're fine with Julio drawing the attention and the coverage away and letting the other guys get open. Sure. And they, they perform very well when that happens. So this should be a very good game. Um so Kareem Hunt, he might be the worst player in the league that is owned by 99% of teams right now. This week, the Chiefs play the Jets, as we've been talking about. Uh, the Jets are nothing special. Uh, should Hunt remain on your bench? Because what I am saying is he should have been on your bench already. Um, or, or can you use him to help you win the playoffs? A guy who is still one of the top five scoring running backs in the league over the course of the season. His last four games, though, have been 7.7 points or less. Uh, he has no touchdowns since week three. He's still averaging 14.3 points per game due to his strong start. <laughs> so uh, he won't even make it that far the, to the 14. Uh, but can he put up just 11 points in standard scoring and be worth a flex start this week? My question is, is is Kareem Hunt an RB2-3? Which seems absurd based on the start of the season. So Gramps, Matt, you go first. So I'm going to take the the under here. I, I I just think of anything, you know, they're they're gonna they're, they're gonna start using two running backs. Something they didn't do too much of in the earlier part of the year because Kareem Hunt was just nailing it. But you know, right now he, he he's been it's been atrocious. You know, in you know maybe be it the O line, be it you know the fact that Kareem Hunt is hitting the rookie wall. I don't know, but I'm um, not trusting him this week. No, I think we're all going under. Um. Well, that's fine. We'll go all under. I, I think I'm going to go under, too. So now we'll move it to nine points. You want to stay under at nine? I mean, you could certainly have said otherwise, but that's what I... That's... No, I wasn't like eager to go over ten. <laughs> nine points, I'm going to stay under. Yeah. Okay, you staying under nine. I'll stay under nine. Under. Oh, man, eight points. 
standard scoring, yeah, he, I, 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 I think you're looking at a guy who's probably in the six to seven range. Then you're, are you saying under again? I'm going under. under. I'm going under. I'll go under eight. Under. Oh, Dave likes pushing that line. Gramps seven points. Seven points. He's, <laughs> he's, I think he's right around here. In fact, you know, it, it, at this point in in the running, I, I, okay, you got to go. I, I'm going over. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go over as well. Over seven and a half. We'll go back the other way. It's a pendulum. Ah, oh, jeez, yeah, the yeah. I'm, I'm, you sound I'm like you're go, from Minnesota or I'm, something. I'm gonna go the over here. <laughs> over seven point five. Um, I'm gonna go. See, now I feel like I want to bring it back up, but you can't. I'll stay under. Under. Oh, he takes the under. Wow. You know what's funny? I is, thought you were pushing the line, but you just agreed with it. Well, so much. What's interesting about the Jets is uh, is they have allowed eight uh, touchdowns rushing, um, which is kind of middle of the pack. And this is another one of those, just like the last one, really, where if he scores a touchdown, he'll go over. If he doesn't, he'll go under. And I think Kansas City is going to be throwing the ball uh, to win the game, not rushing it. And so that's why I say uh, no Kareem Hunt touchdown means he'll probably get 60 yards. Well, you did correspond with the bet by going over on Alex Smith. Exactly. Okay, so I need my glasses to read what I have to say about Evan Ingram. (laughs) He has been the only target Evan Ingram has over the last couple weeks for the Giants. Hasn't translated any production because he's taken 13 targets and turned them into 2.7 points. Does Evan Ingram belong in your starting lineup? Um, Remember... He's going to be now getting the ball from Geno Smith. So we'll set his line at 6.1 points, which is a touchdown, a one-yard touchdown. Um, so that's actually outside of the tight end one range this year. Uh, the tight end one average is like, on the bottom end, is like 6.4. Um, so uh, back to me. Now that Eli is benched, uh, i got to go under on Evan Ingram, getting six points. Well, Evan Engram had a stretch of four games where he had four-plus receptions and a touchdown in each game. And it's difficult to take a guy like that and say that he's not going to score very many points. Here is 6.1 points, which I kind of take offense to because it's it's such a a decimal. Um, And I (laughs) I don't really understand why we can't just call it six. But I think what you're saying is he's going to get like a a two-yard touchdown and you don't want that to count against you. Well, I mean... One yard or two yard is really gonna gonna. But this is what I'm saying. That's why you did me. it, right? It's the, it's the touchdown. Because you're saying he's gonna get one pass, one touchdown of like one yard or five yards, and it's not gonna score. Uh, that point. I'm saying he's not gonna score a touchdown. Is what I'm saying. Uh, six point one. Well, then you don't need to put it at six point one. That's crazy. Anyway, sure, he's not. Well, I I, I, I get a return touchdown for exactly six. <laughs> thing is, when you have a new quarterback who's playing, and Geno Smith in this case, he usually is a guy who's practicing um, not with the first team, uh, but with the second team, and and those guys are different. So in this case, you might have Rhett Ellison or one of the other tight ends of the New York Giants, not uh, Evan Engram. But um, a guy like Geno Smith is going to need to have an Evan Engram to drop the ball off to, to, uh, to just dip it off on the sides. He's going to be throwing it to Wayne Goleman. He's going to be throwing it to Orleans Darkwell. And he's going to be throwing it to Evan Engram. And so I'm going to take a flyer on this and say over because I think that he is going to either score a touchdown or be um, the, the safety blanket. a guy who has the most yardage out of any receivers on the team. And maybe I should have gone under He's and then over. He's clearly the but... best receiver on the team. The are... best healthy receiver on the team, yes. I yeah. agree. Healthy. Who are the Giants playing this week? The Giants will be playing um, the Raiders. And they're playing in yeah, so they Oakland, don't... it must be. There's not really a pass defense to speak of. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm playing gonna... in Oakland. Go ahead here and take the over. I I, I agree with Dave. I you know, and I, I think this game this game can get out of hand quick. And I think you know if you're going to see someone get numbers in garbage time, it's going to be Evan Ingram for these eight nine yard passes. Now, granted, I think his numbers are going to be like ninety nine, like you know, <laughs> nine points, but okay. not gaudy numbers. And then we'll do a tiebreaker because we always do a pointless tiebreaker. Uh, Geno Smith passing yards and. Um, the count of three, we'll just say the number. Get a number in your head, guys. You ready? 
You, you had a little bit of time to think about it. I object to this uh, this format, but we I don't mean, need the tiebreaker anyway. I'll play Let's anyway. Let's just do it. Ready? A one, a two, three. One hundred and sixty. Two twenty six. Oh, this guy! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for your participation in this game. <laughs> for for me, the problem with this is uh, it's possible that they don't even start him like for the whole game because they were talking about putting in the other quarterback at the end of the game and just trying to see. Are you implying that Geno Smith might be worth benching? The Geno Smith's not an amazing quarterback. It's going to start for the remainder of the Here's year. Here's another interesting stat for them. Yeah. Geno Smith is will be presuming he starts the first black starting quarterback for the Giants. Oh well, that's that's funny, but I, I guess you do have you you have like a long stretch of really long standing quarterbacks. Well, yeah, team. Eli's been the quarterback since '04. They've also had Phil Sims. Yeah, there's and, been a lot of long. Yeah, they yeah. certainly have. But but I don't know. Maybe they're. I think the Bears. That's covered, a weird stat. I think the Bears covers the Bears covered that one with that Cordell Stewart. That's right. Is that the only black quarterback the Bears ever started? Henry Burris. I, Cordell Stewart was not a great quarterback, but he's got some Steelers in him, so I gotta like him a little bit. Dude, it was a bad time when the Bears had Cordell. It was Stewart. a bad time when the Steelers had Cordell Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad time when anybody had Cordell Stewart starting. Yeah, he's not helping anyone. <laughs> but uh, that's fantastic. So, so we'll we'll do a a bet off uh, air, and then next week for all those uh, people that are interested, we'll we'll let you know what happened. All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining us this week, everybody. Um, thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks for bringing the beer, Dave. Stay awesome. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter and look at us, look us up on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well. Uh, we're, of course, on our website, drink5.com. You can hit me or Dave up for some fantasy advice. Um, and I'm going to pour this beer right over my computer and nothing bad is going to happen. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. There we are. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Thanks. All right. We'll see you guys later.